lucky in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster match from my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abodes To get a jolt from my electrode You're listening to 2, 5, and 10 Your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart Hello, hello, hello everybody And welcome to our first season episode of the 22-23 season. Benny, what up, baby? You know, we're recording now. I'm leaving for my extended trip abroad in a couple of days, but we'll get into the weekend review. It, sound, it felt like the Rangers, Rangers were joining me on my vacation the last seven to ten days or so, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, before we get into our first part I just have to throw this out there. I know we spoke before the show about how we were going to start, but I mean, is there anything worse than being a Vancouver Canucks fan? I think it might be being a New York Jets fan. Uh, N- neither here nor there. But I mean, dude, this Jets team, the New York Jets, not the Winnipeg Jets. I don't want, I'm not going to spend too much time here because I'm going to spend as much time as Zach Wilson does reading the defense as they will commenting on the Jets. Their defense is legitimate top five. They had Brees Hall went down, their star rookie running back hurts, but they pick up Robinson from the Jaguars. Their receivers are talented enough. If they had competent quarterback play, they would be a legitimate like playoff team. But when you have a kid who just still just runs the first sign of pressure, scramble, throw off your back foot, float it in the air into the middle of the deep. Fucking killer, man. But the real breaking point is that roughing the passer that they called on a Jets. That was not roughing on the, the pick six. On a yeah. pick six. Like that was horseshit. But hey, you make your own luck. When you should, he shouldn't have even been running into Jones anyway to put himself in position to get a bullshit call against him. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. Jets probably looking for another quarterback savior in this year's draft. Now, getting to probably the best thing that has happened so far this season, besides my Bruins coming off very, very hot in the beginning, which I, I did not see coming. Currently, number one in the NHL, but um. These retro reverse jerseys, again, by Adidas. I think we have some winners, but I think the majority were losers here. I just, yeah. I was expecting a little bit more. I got to be honest. So, what's your favorite one? Like, let's start there. Favorite? I mean, like, I, I like the old school throwback of the Vancouver one. I, I really like the look of that. With the skating Canuck? The, the skate and Canuck guy, the original, whatever they called them. I like the Islanders bringing back the fishermen. I like the Rangers bringing back the Statue of Liberty. 
Um, the Bruins Pooh Bear one is okay. I, I just I'm so used to that goldish, you know, mustard yeah. color on there. Seeing it the <laughs> other way is a little different, but I do like the dark brown edges to still give it that old school feel. I always like the Coyotes Kachina, and I mean, it just feels like I liked it a lot better in purple. Yeah. And now, now it's like, oh, they added cactuses to the bottom of it. Like, stop. J- just leave the fucking Kachina alone and put it out there. The blues one I thought was really like a different kind of look, kind of like that. Um, I like the Colorado C one, but it's definitely not as good as their one last year. Their one last year was by far, that was in a way, the best one. Um, I like the Kings one. I, I've always liked that crown. That one always... That one always gets me going. I like the Sharks paying homage to uh, the Oakland Sales there, the, the way they did those jerseys. And and I really like the Panthers one, going back to, I don't know, like 07, 08, whatever it was, with the light blue coloring and the hockey stick and the plant. Like I, I thought that was good. I'm still a bigger fan of the actual uh, cat on the front, but I, I think those jerseys pop. Yeah, let me just say, the Sharks – Normal uniform redesign that they went to this year, all teal, is legit. Like, so good. And once you start a scene in game action, it just pops on the ice. It looks so good. So, mm-hmm. just getting that out of the way. My favorite one is the Panthers. Like, because it just fits the whole vibe of South Florida. And it's the logo on the front of the jersey is not so restrictive. Like if you had the cat on the front, you can't really just wear that around, you know? That's a jersey that you can see in music videos. You can see just popping up randomly because it's just a nice color palette. And Mm -hmm. so I like that one. I'm so tired of the fucking Lady Liberty. Like I don't like it. Okay. Like, I think Adidas really copped out on a few of these. It's basically the same one that they did last year, just different color. The Coyotes one, like, same thing. Same jersey, different color. Uh, like I said, I love the Kachina. It's just like you really added cactuses to the bottom of it for the outline. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, like stop. Like, um, Tampa Bay is awful. Flyers, awful. Winnipeg is the same jersey now. They changed the colors. Yeah. Uh, the Maple Leafs, like... What's different? This, <laughs> no, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that that franchise has been around forever. They, and they and that looks just like the their South jersey. Side. Columbus's were awful. Columbus awful, looks like awful. a police department hockey jersey. Yeah. I mean, now, Carolina, isn't hasn't that always been their third jersey? Dude, I don't know. They have eight fucking jerseys a year. <laughs> like I, I like I like the Nashville one. I like the Nashville going back to the big head. Uh, now this is just me. Seattle and Vegas having retro jerseys. I mean, they have to come on, you know. I, I know they have to because the thing like I, I like the colors of Seattle. Like it's cool, but it's still the same logo. It, it's like you just change the color scheme. Yeah, like I mean, Chicago's awful, dude. So Chicago and Detroit are basically the same. Red and black stripes. Well, I mean, at least Detroit's doesn't look like a practice jersey this year. That that's the only plus for them. Did, but um, can I ask? Did, mm-hmm. I couldn't. Now that we're talking about, it, I can't remember off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, 
Has Detroit ever had black in their uniforms ever? Not to my knowledge, no. Now why is how is it retro if you're using black a color that's never been there? Great question. I don't know. I mean, so just to <laughs> name off a few more that I like. So I like Florida. Um, I like the Kings, but again, it's the same. Instead of it just being purple, it's white with purple instead of purple with white like last year. I like the Islanders using the Gordon's Fisherman logo, but with the normal colors. Um, I like Dallas. Uh, going back to the old school logo with the modern colors. Minnesota, I feel like another repeat. I was going to say, that's basically the same one as last year, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I like here. Pittsburgh's, going back to the old school penguin there. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't they wear that now anyway? Uh maybe occasionally i don't know like they they call it a uh, term term of penguin but <laughs> uh you're i'm indifferent towards you guys like it's fine i like the ducks with the old logo with the orange colors they need to get rid of the gold i don't know why gold is suddenly part of the ducks palette for the last decade i know you were looking forward to this one what do you think of the oilers I, I love the oil drop, to be honest. I was always a huge fan of that jersey, even back in the day. Um, the orange instead of the black oil drop, you know, make it a little bit different, I guess. But, I mean, just to match the sleeves, like, yeah. eh, I, I expect it a little better, to be honest. What about Calgary? I mean, it's kind of just the same jersey they wear now. <laughs> Can I ask? Mm-hmm. Worst... Of these jerseys. Now, I give Vegas and Seattle a pass because they have no history to go off of. But give me your worst or like your bottom three of if somebody offered you this jersey for free, you'd be like, fuck no. Uh, Columbus, no. Maple Leafs, no. Uh, And probably the Flyers one. Like like the Flyers one is based, it's their same jersey except it's in a black awning instead of orange. What about the Canadians in the baby blue? No red anywhere. No, I, I didn't like that. Um, I, I just know who I think dropped the ball. Buffalo. Because I love the bullhead, but I love those black jerseys that they wore. Not the white, blue, and gold ones. Like, the black ones I loved. And for them to go white with it, I was like, ah. That's the thing. I feel like Adidas, all I did was, okay, let's take a uniform that was worn... 10 to 20 years ago, and then just stick the current colors on it. Oh, no. Who else hurt me too? The devil. Jersey. Uh, yeah. I, I like, you know, the, the concept behind it of kind of paying tribute to the Colorado Rockies. Cause that's how they went there. So I went with the Rockies colors, but on the other end of it, like when they went to Jersey, they've always been in that red and that green, like give me back that green devil's Jersey. I always liked those. Didn't they get that last year? not completely it was just kind of like a splash like i want like the full-on old school like green and reds okay yeah i mean the rangers again original six team they haven't really deviated from their word mark on their uniforms much throughout their history but you could have done something with like when they had the uh 
shoulder, the uh, arm strip when it was the blue jersey with the white shoulder strip, like the kind of like what the Flyers had in the nineties. Mm-hmm. It does something with that. Like last year was Lady Liberty, great. This year, Lady Liberty, just with a lighter shade of blue. Cool. Thanks. Now, can can I just throw in one other thing? Like, especially for a city like New York, I, I understand how the jersey with you guys in general hasn't really changed throughout the years. Yeah. But at what point, like, these don't need to be retro reverse jerseys. Like, just be forward. Be, like, be forward thing. You have the city of New York. You're trying to tell me you couldn't do, like, just plastered on the front of a jersey, like, the, the view from, you know, the Empire State Building or, or something like that. Like, just something that could go towards the city. It just seemed like they want to bring back such a retro feel that it's like, come on, we don't have to do that. Like, we yeah. can do so much better. By the way, low-key, what's the difference from the jersey that they had three seasons ago? It's the Senators. Yeah. <laughs> like, all they did was switch to black and a red. So instead of a red jersey with black kind of blotches everywhere, it's black with red. Cool. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, those two random red stripes yeah. are awful. And it came, like you said, the Canes one. Okay. Like, Carolina has an identity crisis since they came into the league where they're black. No, they're red. They have the logo. Now it's the word mark. They don't. They only wear black at home instead of red. Now they only wear uh, red at home. It's like they got to do something. And having a jersey that just says Canes is, like, embarrassing. You can't have a nickname on the word mark on the front of your jersey. Like, you don't see the... Like you don't see Detroit have a jersey that says wings. Like Red Bull gives you Red Coyote well, or Yotes. Yeah, we'll be the the Boston Brews. <laughs> By the way, I was talking to somebody about this two weeks ago, and they were flabbergasted that the NHL actually has a franchise called the Predators. <laughs> like in this day and age. <laughs> but uh, so soon they will just be the nickname, the Preds. Yeah, as long as uh, Harvey Weinstein doesn't become a part owner, I think we're good. Should be all right. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I had to buy one of these, like I said, I like Dallas. I like Florida. I guess I would go... Uh, yeah, I guess I would go with the Kings. My top three. I like it. But uh, anyway, so besides that, we had we've had about I don't know ten games, anywhere from like six to ten games worth of action going on around the league for uh, everybody. I know we'll get into our boys week in review, week and a half in review for the Bruins and Rangers. But um, before just kind of throwing it to you and asking what stood out to you so far around the league or any news you want to get into, Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver, woof. Started out winless, lost their home opener, fans booing them off the ice at the end of each period, throwing a jersey onto the rink. Uh, JT Miller and um, oh my god, what's his name? The Horvat, defenseman, Luke Shen. Luke Shen, basically yeah. almost getting to a fight at the end of a period at Center Ice because Shen was calling JT out for a bad 
decision or a bad pass and Miller's mouthing off. Um, Miller talking to the press saying like about the fan or the fans throwing their jerseys on the guy's like, they can do whatever they want. It's not my shit. Like that was the thing with JT when he was in New York. He is not a leader. And when things get tough, he's just like, well, not my problem. I put up my points. Like it's just that kind of like that dick vibe that you get from him. But there was six games in, they were talking about should they start rebuilding, blowing us up, should they fire Boudreaux? They've won two in a row now. And on fire. Despite, despite all of that, they're still doubled up on Anaheim and points. <laughs> um what was your take so far on a Canucks start to the year? Like I know Rutherford wasn't sure if they wanted to bring uh Bruce back. And then they did, but only on like a one-year deal. It kind of just seems like, I mean, if he wasn't fired by now, like what would Rutherford be waiting for as an excuse to let him go? Because obviously Rutherford doesn't want him. I think the only thing would probably be who are they going to put to replace him? Just because last year when they brought brought Bruce in, they were kind of looking – high and low to find a guy yeah and and, you know bruce was there and he was working with uh nhl network it it all just kind of seemed to fall along like you fire him now who are you going to try to bring in there barry trotz who just said the only thing that might take me out of retirement is coaching an original six you're not an original six see ya by the way that comment you know he's talking about toronto Oh, 100%. 100% he's talking about Toronto. No other team in the original six is looking to fire their coach right now except for Toronto, probably, possibly. Mm-hmm. No, and and that's the thing. And I think one of the biggest problems with Vancouver was it wasn't the fact that they were losing games. It was the fact that they gave up multiple multi-games with yep. multi-goal differential like just completely shitting the bed. So now I was like, fuck man. Like that's a really tough look. Yeah. And another tough look, you know, just already looking at that Pacific Anaheim. I I had such high expectations for this team. And then I was watching them in that Seattle game. There was either first or second game of the year. And they come back in the third period, tie it up, and then they win it in overtime. And I'm like, that is the resilience of this team. Like, that's the firepower this team has. And then they just do absolutely nothing after that. They have the worst offense in a while. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'm missing some. They completely lit up fucking Seattle that night in that third period. And and then I'm like, all right, now their boys are going to get hot and go. And not a chance. So I'm just uh, a little confused. But... There's like, I think we talked about this when we were doing our divisional previews is I know they brought in Vertrano. I know they brought in Strom. They were expecting progression from Zegras and Terry and uh, McTavish. There's just not a lot of scoring depth in Anaheim right now. So if the, the big guys aren't producing, they're not winning. Yeah, they're um, not doing anything. Gibson, yeah. You know, his most valuable contribution to the Ducks this year has been almost starting two fucking melees. Um, other than that, like, 
even he's been a little disappointing. And if that's your franchise goaltender and he's not bailing you out, like obviously you're not going to win many games scoring less than averaging less than two goals a game. That's not like no matter what Gibson does, you're not going to win much. But he's just not been as effective as you would think. Eakins has been there for a little bit. Is he the guy who's going to be there at the end of the season? If this continues, not a chance. Yeah. And I think that they're very high on Dallas Eakins. I remember when they gave him that job when he was in um, San Diego, bringing him up. And now my only other question, yet again, just the way things progress and everything else, do you know who their current AHL coach is? Uh I'm going to go on a whim here. Is it Roy? <laughs> it's Roy. It is? And I wonder if, if they gas. Well, listen, when Roy took that job, that was a shock to me, being with San Jose all those years, and then he takes the job with the Docs. So obviously something didn't end right there. He's looking for a but, uh, up. That's why. But I'm just saying on the other end, imagine if fucking Roy ends up going, gets that job, turns around the ship, and he can like put them in the playoffs. Like That would be wild. Got to bring in Cunny. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey Anaheim, nice weather. They might need a new video guy. Yeah, my number hasn't <laughs> changed. Um, yeah, that uh, Arizona finally had their home opener at Mullet Arena on ASU's campus. Just embarrassing. Like, obviously, when you walk around TV, it's not you can't really. See tell too much except for like the crowd the the wave of crowd noise obviously is much lower than it would be at a normal arena for like a goal scored or a big play you can tell it's kind of like echoey um but the photos of the even a home and locker room but the home and visitor locker room are basically just like temporary stalls with folding chairs well, well, that's what I was going to say. The visitor one looks completely like um, kind of like those makeshifts that they do for like the winter classics because, you know, you're only going to be there for a day or two and, you know, you're making a locker room in a football or a baseball stadium. But, yeah, these things are a joke. Yeah. Like it's it's like curtains for the visitor's room. You're not even in an actual room. It's just like they boxed you in with curtains. And the other thing I just wanted to talk about really quick is in Philadelphia – you know, they had the good start to the year. Um, I mean, they're still in second place, but it's still bunched together in the this early in the season. It's not like being in second place matters. Um, well, between sec- second and seventh place, there's a difference of two points. Yeah. So, like I said, it doesn't really matter too much, but they had a better start to the season than – one might have expected. Obviously, they've only played eight games out of 82, so it's not like, oh, my God, everyone was wrong about the Flyers. But the reason I wanted to bring them up is they lose Couturier for three to four months again. Mm-hmm. He's always hurt. There's something always ailing him. He's supposed to be their, one of their backbone forwards through this rebuild and hopefully through the other side. Now the issue is he had this surgery, but they don't know if the surgery is going to work. And if it doesn't work, his playing career would likely be in serious jeopardy, according to Fletcher. 
like tack him tack him on with Ryan Ellis. I know, but the, dude, one person like just on a personal level, he's still so young. Obviously, like this isn't an injury that would make him not be able to function and have like a normal life outside of hockey. Like obviously he would have to do some pain management. It's a nerve issue. It's a back issue. So we'd have to manage that, especially as he gets older, but to have your career cut short like that, I just, I don't know. Obviously he's not even remotely close to the same level of player, but in terms of having a promising career cut short from back injuries, like the whole thing with Neely up in Boston and Couturier is supposed to be like the next group of he was supposed to be the leader. He was probably gonna be like next longtime captain. Um so the issue of him being out again like really puts a dent in the plan long term plan for Philadelphia kind of getting out of this rebuild and turning things around. Uh one team I think that, that has surprised me coming out of the gate and now for you. Vegas, fourteen points, seven two and zero. I mean, welcome to town, Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I'd be. It's early. Yeah, I'd be more curious about some of these starts as we get into Black Friday. Okay. Once we get into there, because I say this every year, but the running metric is teams that are in a playoff position. Come Canadian, uh, come Black Friday. I think it's eighty-one percent of the time end up making the playoffs. So once we get to that level of the calendar, it's a pretty good indication of who's going to be where. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vegas. I think the most surprising thing is their goaltending that they're getting, um, just being competent. One of the best defensive teams. In a league, I mean, Cassidy obviously is going to bring that structure that he's always had from Boston in terms of being a good defensive team. Um, but it doesn't matter how good you are structurally if your goaltender is just fucking leaking, which is not happening. So that's one of the surprising things uh, for them. Again, let's see how long this lasts. And if it is, if it's real, it's real. But I don't know how the goaltending is going to last long term, and I also need to see Eichel and Stone healthy for more than ten games. Now, one other random question: uh, that Central Division, Colorado four four and one. I mean, I know we didn't have them going as good as they were last year, but a, a little surprising to start the year off at five hundred. Yeah, I mean they blew that game against the Islanders. Um, what was it two nights ago? Um, yep. Big comeback from from the Islanders in New York. Um, I mean, they played well against the Rangers at the Garden, but that was during the middle of the Rangers kind of uh, kind of valley that they've had to start the year. It's still, even just playing them that one game, you kind of get into the flow of a normal game. You're like midway through the second. You know, the adrenaline has started to wear off, but it's not too late in the game where the pressure is starting to pick back up and the pace isn't picking up. And you kind of get put into that lull, and then all of a sudden, boom, Iron Man Rush, three on one, uh, ranting and coming. Like, it's just, they're still so dangerous that one shift that you take, I guess, for granted, and bam, pucks in the back of your net. Mm hmm. So I'm not too worried about them. Again, everybody's so bunched together. Um, 
but early Hart Trophy candidate Matt Zuccarello, <laughs> thirteen points in eight games, seven goals. Like little man, still kicking. Yeah, I got to give it to Zook. I mean, it, he's always like one of those guys who will like never go away. <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of just one person, just in, in the points category, Jesper Bratt with the Devils, fifteen points. Yeah. How is uh, Zaka been? I know he got into a little. Uh, you know what? Zach has been one of those guys that's been very quiet for us. Um, he It's not like he hasn't played with the top-notch guys. He, he's played with Bergeron. He's played with Krejci. Just um, he, he's where he's supposed to be, but he hasn't given me any glimpses of like, oh, wow. Like, you, you know, like, like he, okay. he's just playing c- compared to what's going on. I mean, we had Marshy come back Thursday night, and I mean, he goes out there two goals and an assist. How are your hips feeling? Thanks for coming. I so that. Dude, I, was, for, I was waiting for a text from you, being like, "So much for a delayed uh, getting back up to speed." No, I said I, I'll give him a night. You know, I, I can't just <laughs> jump the gun on this. <laughs> but uh, no, so so definitely. Uh, on the upward trajectory, at least for her first game back, looks great. How was Krejci looked? Great. It, it honestly looks like uh, Krejci hasn't lost a step, and he's still the one thing that David Krejci has always had has always been his smarts, like as to how smart of a hockey player he is, and just going in, being able to get pucks, uh, never turning over the puck in a bad spot putting pucks deep, his creativity coming into the offensive zone as to where he's going to pass the puck or if he's going to hold it an extra second so someone can get to the net. Like, just, I I didn't expect this hot of a start for, for the Bruins. I, I'm not going to lie about that. I, but I believe I did. I had them <laughs> wild card one, you know, like or wild card two. I, I just thought it, it was going to be a little while for the reinforcements to come in. Uh, Marshy comes back a month ahead of schedule. That, that's a huge part. But even before he came back into the lineup, I mean, Jake DeBrusque, completely new player this year. I mean, he's blocking shots. He's taking off from the block, breakaways, penalty killing like a madman. Taylor Hall, this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> l- l- let me tell you about Taylor Hall. Motherfucker wasn't doing anything. Anything. <laughs> and then I come out, and it's legitimately, he Michael Ryder'd me. Because Michael Ryder would do the same thing to me. I would send a text like Michael Ryder sucks. Yeah, I remember. I send a text. Your, send it to Mainzy. Your Taylor rivalry Hall sucks. Your rivalry with Ryder while we were in college was like legendary. <laughs> oh my god! And it was like Taylor Hall sucks. And what has he done since? Uh, two goals, uh, overtime game-winning goal, shootout goal, uh, assist goal. And I'm like this motherfucker. Like he was waiting for me to send the text message. And then just takes off. And I'm like, what a dick. You should like, just what like, a dick. go out every month and a half. Well, I'm going to have to because magically this new resurgence, I'm like, I can't just not stop doing it now. Yeah. I will say, I know all offseason we're talking about cap space for you guys and making some room. Um, I know you guys kind of moved some salary at the end of training camp. Um in terms of your forward group, thank God, at least to start the year, and again, early, you guys didn't move Olmark. 
Yeah. Has not been good. No. Um, tell you what, the old mark has been incredible. I think that's the best way to put it. He has been out of his mind. He, he's been playing fantastic. Uh, Jake was in the game for which game was that? That was the Ottawa game, the shootout. It was just, I think the final was eight to six. And Jeremy just did not have a good day. Uh, we saw him live Thursday night. Uh, the Strat Daddy brought him into the game. Big shout out to the Strat Daddy. But where his seats were, um, it's where the Bruins get shot on twice. He's right in the corner there. Okay. And just kind of watching Sway, he was making the saves that he should make within the actual crease itself. But it seemed like anything that was kind of coming up in certain, like, it just seemed like he was fighting it a little bit. Like, like even things that were wide of the net, just kind of fighting things a little too much. So I was kind of wondering, like, ah, you know, he, he got back on the wins column. So hopefully that uh ha- has brought him to a better place. I, I know the Bruins are playing Tuesday night. So um, hopefully an extra couple of days off. Linus played Friday in Columbus. So hopefully Jeremy can get the start and, and they can just kind of work off of each other. I mean, Linus is hot right now, though, so it's hard to just take him out of the net. Yeah. I'm sorry, Linus. I keep calling him Linus. It's Linus. I get his blanket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And Swayman is in a position that Georgiev was when it was Igor's first full year. And then Igor was playing so well that you really couldn't take him out of the lineup unless it was like a back-to-back or three and four and then you have Georgiev who needs game action to really get into a flow and he's not getting that so when he does get some action in a crease he's not playing up to his level but the difference is Swayman is like okay Olmark's the hot hand here like obviously they're going to be playing him like I've just got to find a way to be ready instead of fucking sulking but well just for a mental standpoint of it it, it seems as if they're still genuinely happy for each other. Just, yeah. just when the hug and everything comes out, it's not like he he's changed the mojo and it's like, you know, fuck this guy. He sucks. It, it's, it seems as if their relationship is still fine. And Sway knows that. I mean, I mean, it's not all Mark's fault. He's playing bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I, I think they at least have that established and they've squared that away. Another big part that happened during the game Thursday night while we were there, Bruins traded away Jack Stanika to Vancouver, which was a huge, like, gasp for me. But I, because my, I don't want to say issue, but my looking at it just on the other end of things was that, you know, Jack wasn't going to be a top six forward here, at least this year. But, Next year, like, there's still a lot of variables as to what's going to happen with Krejci, what's going to happen with Berge. So I think it would have been nice to already keep what we known that we have here. Um, I would have will. You have Coil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going going good. Um, (laughs) We get back in it. uh, 23-year-old Michael DiPietro, goaltending prospect. Um, I liked him when he was playing in Windsor. I, I always thought that DiPietro was a good goalie. So now, going forward, I'm thinking about the Myrenberg kid that they got, and his projected sailing is pretty big. So, obviously, 
like you say, anytime you trade a prospect, it's a lottery ticket. But playing over in the Swedish Elite League, I mean, he had 36 points last year, 30 games, right shot, right D, 19-year-old kid. Hopefully he can turn into something. Yeah, there's... I feel like in hockey, there's two positions that you can always take lottery tickets on. A big-bodied center who can skate and a right-hand shot defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised they moved into it. I mean, Vancouver made a couple of deals over the last few days. They made the trade with you guys, and then they made the trade with Carolina getting Ethan Bear yeah. and uh, Lane Peterson from Carolina. So they're trying to shake up the room a little bit there, get some fresh blood in, in Vancouver. Um, Ethan Bears, like the regression since his kind of coming out party in Edmonton, when he got dealt to Carolina, I think everyone thought, okay, so they have their a top four guy playing on their third pair and it just did not work out. So maybe he kind of rejuvenates his career over in Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, if there's any place that you can only go up from at this point, it'd have to be Vancouver. So. <laughs> Um, in terms of in-game, I know hockey is a little more difficult, um, in terms of like in-game strategies, not like bullpen management and baseball, but what's your early returns on, uh, Monty? Monty seems that he, he's okay with getting the D very active and I'm okay with that. I, I've never had a problem with getting our D active. It's just certain things that our D do that'll drive me crazy. Like, <laughs> Mike Riley is the king, and when I say the king, I mean the king of winding up and shooting it right into the guy's shin pads right in front of you. Uh, like, and then it's a break the other way. <laughs> just, just, just crown him right now, and I'm like, you're an NHL defenseman. Like, you know when you have a lane, you know when you don't. If it's that tight, put it in the corner. Or take a wind up boom. either side. <laughs> like just just wind up boom right in the shin pads. I'm like, D- like for fuck's sakes, L- like be better. Uh, the D end even without Charlie has looked okay. <coughs> uh, Brandon Carlo, I- I'm nervous for his future. Had another concussion. Uh, they said it was actually pretty ugly, kind of like Mark Savard esque, where he couldn't see out of one of his eyes when it happened, yeah. and I'm just he takes another one man he's gonna be bambi i i think he needs to legitimately uh think about his future off the ice like, yeah that's the just... scary part because as a defenseman you oh you're always in that position where you have to turn your back to the forecheck and then you just don't know how the hits coming in what the angle is the speed so I feel like as a defenseman with concussion issues, it's mu- you're much more susceptible to that one more big hit than if you are forward because you can kind of see where everyone's coming as long as you keep your head up. The, the craziest thing for me, and obviously it, it's a post-concussion thing in the sense of how easily it can happen to you, but the hit he took a couple years ago in the playoffs against the Islanders wasn't that bad of a hit. Concussion. I thought the hit he took against Arizona wasn't that bad of a hit, kind of turning an awkward way, and then his head snapped and hit the glass, just kind of coming back the other way. <coughs> Concussion. Just like, I don't know if he just has a, has a very soft neck or, or what, but now it's just like for his own safety, I, I legit, I, I think 
if he gets one more, they're going to have to sit down and think about forever with him. And that's the thing. Concussions, <laughs> like I've had concussion issues from, uh, quote unquote, my playing days. Um, it's not always the big hits. Like it doesn't, you don't need to get knocked out, um, or be wobbly with jello legs to get that concussion. Like, the people who I really feel bad for are the linemen in football. Like all the little concussions that they get every week that they don't even realize they're getting, like it's astounding to me. But yeah, that's the thing with Carlo. Like we were almost in that area of Mika when he first came over and he had like two concussions in two weeks. Um, like thankfully nothing since then. Some guys are just more susceptible to it, whether it's anatomy, um, you know, the old wives tale that if you get one concussion, you can get the next one's easier to come by. I'm not so sure how scientific that is, but maybe that plays into it. Um, but yeah, that's a scary spot to be in for where, you know, you're cognizant that something is not functioning the way it should with your brain because you can't just tape up your brain. No, that's one of the things you really can't tape up. Um I will say Hampus Lindholm has stepped up dramatically with Charlie being out. So, so it's nice seeing the return as to what we got Speaking of last year. <laughs> but I was going to say one thing with Hampus, though. I noticed the same thing in Charlie. And we brought up the defensive part of it where you're kind of susceptible to being in certain situations where, you know, you're going to have to take a hit to make a play. Yep. But I see that he puts himself in that position a lot. And it scares me. And Charlie does the same thing. Coy? So, uh, McAvoy. Like oh, just, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they put themselves in certain positions where they're going to get hit. And, you know, I, I've always talked about it with you on air, off air, that the elite of the elite, you know, they'll take a hit to make a play, but they don't usually put themselves in that position. And, and that just scares me a little bit. On his ass. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I've seen every game he's played from his first training camp until now. I don't think I've ever seen him knocked on his ass. Like he's taken hits, but he, it's like Tom Brady during his prime with Gumby, Mm -hmm. like always found a way to avoid it. I'd never have to worry about Fox being hit. Who do I have to worry about being murdered? Ryan Lingren. (laughs) Yeah. He'll put himself in the middle of a fucking freight train coming through Penn station. But, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's also that, like, a QB has to make this calculation of pick your battles. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you want to win every puck battle. You want to win every board battle. Um, You want to make the play, even if it means taking a hit. But you got to factor in, like, what's the time frame in a period? Like, even if you make the play, is that going to, like, kind of just in that split second, being able to diagnose the what will happen if I make this play and will it lead to anything? And if not, or you're like, you got to take that step back, like save it for the next one. Yeah. Just the, like I said, I just get a little, a little nervous with the amount that he's been taking. That's all. Yeah. So I'll quickly go through the Rangers here. Um, they had a the good start to the season, knocked off Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Um, ever since then, they kind of ran into the issue of, I mean, they lost to Winnipeg. They did not play well. 
Winnipeg's had a good start to the year. He kind of chalked that up. It was back-to-back. It was Halak making his first start, who has been brutal for us so far this year. Like, not good at all. Um, just our luck. We get the guy who fucking crushed us throughout his career, no matter what franchise he was playing for. Now we finally get him at the tail end of his career, and he might be toast. Great. Um, we come back at the Garden. We beat Anaheim. Even though we won, Gallant was not happy with the performance with the team defense. It's been an on- ongoing issue to start this year is our team defense has just not been good. Um, power play is picking up where it was last year. Um, Trocek has just stepped into Strom's spot, and he's starting to come on lately. Uh, he still hasn't clicked with Panarin yet, but he I think he's second on the team in points. Um, has four goals, and he hasn't really clicked yet. And that line really hasn't gotten going. So I would like to see where that is a month from now um, in terms of do we keep that going or not with Panarin and Trocek. But even though it's been an uneven start to the year, um, they beat Dallas yesterday on a road. Very nice win. Um, kind of opened things up in the third period. Igor got clipped. By Ty Delandria. Uh, I was going to say, goal interference or not goal interference? They find him. I mean, he didn't make any effort to avoid him. That's true, but I mean, you, you don't give Igor an Oscar for oh, dude, the flop? Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You got to play it up, right? <coughs> My only concern is I'm so I'm so nervous about Igor that if even if he's playing it up, my heart drops seeing him like fucking rolling around. Um, oh yeah, you're scared when he's going backwards. He's gonna smash his head off the ice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he made no attempt to get out of the way. He clipped him, but the rest of the game, whenever there was an opportunity, extra shot to the back of the head, cross check. Goodrow went after him. Truba went after him. It was funny because there is a play where Igor makes a save, and there's kind of a battle for a loose puck before Igor throws it and it's Lindgren and Mason Marchment and they battle they both kind of half go down Lindgren goes down to the ice which is fine and then Marchment gives him one cross check to the back of the head and then that brings in the crowd and Marchment's ready to go and then out of nowhere who comes stepping in and he's like all right you want to fucking go and it was Truba and Marchment kind of just all right yeah I'm good never mind so, I'm gonna rethink that. Yeah, it's always nice having a fucking lunatic on the back end there. <laughs> but they're playing Arizona tonight. They need to win this game. I think they were out shooting the Coyotes in the first period, twenty-one to three. Um, so they're doing everything right. That's the thing with the Rangers this year. I think they're leading the league in shots, but their shoot, uh, shot percentage is third worst in the league. So eventually, it was just. Those are going to start going in, so I'm not really that concerned about the offense. Kako's look great. I know he only has one goal in a year, but he's really, I mean, he's 22 years old, but he's really taking on that role of, I'm going to be the guy who retrieves the puck, controls the puck along the boards, and then is able to reset the play in the offensive zone, which frees up uh, Mika and Kreider to do their thing. So I think Kako's really settling in on that top line. Lafreniere's look good. Um, 
the only concerning thing is two of our young forwards, Heedle. I think he's, they haven't said anything, but he is probably out with a concussion right now. Um, took a high hit, kind of borderline uh, hit. He missed two games. They said he was going to be out a minimum of four, and then he came back to practice before he left for the road trip after the Islander game ahead of schedule and then left halfway through because he didn't feel good. So they'll probably keep him out an extra week to see how he's doing there. So Goodrow's at 3C right now. And then the yellow one is Kravtsov. Takes a hit a minute into the game against Tampa, the season opener. Misses, I think, three or four games with a head injury. Comes back and on his third shift of the game gets another head injury. And now he's out now. So I think he has two concussions in two weeks. So that means he's going to turn into Mika Zibanejad. (laughs) Well, I'll take that any day. (laughs) Uh, The thing with Kravtsov, he's so lanky. But he also, I I think he's just been so used to playing in Russia and overseas that the speed of the game is still catching up to him where he'll go for a loose puck. And you can see he's kind of slow to alter his body position so like if he's leaning forward for a loose puck and he'll chip it up the up the wall he will stay bent over he doesn't immediately pull up and start skating and that's what got him hurt the second time so i think hopefully it's not any long-term lingering issues but if this is a thing where he's just not able to stay healthy on north american ice i mean bad for the rangers but feel bad for the kid um, the only other thing I have to comment on is, you know, let's say once Heedle's back healthy, um, if Kravtsov is out long term or he's just not able to find his legs, I don't know if our third line is going to be utilized the way it should because Heedle is not a a grinder. He's not a checker. And right now, if Kravtsov is out, he's going to be with uh vc and goodrow like that's not the type of guy or type of style of play i want Heedle playing so the only thing i'm saying and i said this in the season preview who's a better fit on that line Heedle or trocek i rather put trocek as the 3c never mind the salary have him play that two-way agitating sandpaper game with goodrow and either vc or sammy blay and then put Heedle up there with Lafreniere, Panera, and let those let those three roll. Give that a shot. Um, I would love Trocheck in that role, just on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, like Troch knows that. what his role is. Yeah, you know? so <laughs> that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, so I know we signed him to replace Strom. He would still get the power play time. Like, wouldn't take him off of that. But I don't know for development reasons. I rally out of Heedle in that two C role. If that's how the th- third line is going to stay. Okay. Um, overall, though, like I'm not too worried. This has very much the feel of a team that even when they were struggling these last handful of games, they, it, they're they not worried. They're not concerned because they know like it's all right. We'll get this straightened out. We know what we're doing, and then we're going to get to the postseason. Like It's a very confident and close-knit feel to this team, which is – yeah. I mean, you guys went through that with Boston for a decade where you guys had the same leadership group in place every year, so you knew what you were getting. And now the Rangers, I think, have turned that corner, and it's just very refreshing as a New York sports fan to have a team that's like, all right, even when it's not going well, 
you know that they're going to be able to pull themselves out of it, out of it. Nothing to be concerned about. I mean, do you think that on the other hand, too, bringing in someone like Chris Jury also makes it that much better? I mean, Jury's a guy who's won everywhere he's went, yeah. and then you also have that in your GM, which I'm sure uh, it makes it a little uh, less worrisome. And I'm sure if there's a guy there who could notice something not going well, it would be him. Yeah, it's that. And I mean, Gallant is just, I think, the right coach at the right time. for. I don't know how long he'll be in New York. I don't know if we'll win a cup with Gallant. But for this group of guys, Gallant's the perfect coach. And I just have complete trust in the leadership group within the room. Like you have Truba, Kreider, Mika, even Revo, um, Fox. Like, no concern with any of them, like, like I always relate it back to. It must be like how it was when, well, kind of still is. But you guys going through a losing streak, and like, it's fine. We got Big Z, we got Bergy, we got Krejci, uh, we have like Thornton, Horton, those guys. Like, we'll be fine. Yeah, not worried at all. We'll yeah. figure it out. So, a little uneven start to the year, but it's early. Um, and, you know, Igor hasn't been on top of his game yet and we're still kind of hanging around first place so not too concerned but my if there is an area of concern it's heedle's development and also the health of craps off like what are we going to be able to get get out of him to see if we need to fill that spot with a trade at the deadline okay what else on your end Ben? i know it's kind of wide open any oh nick of verona going to uh the substance abuse program with the P. Uh, I mean, th- good for him to be uh, upfront about it. I mean, n- noticing that he had a problem, he needed yeah. to take attending to. I, I think just uh, on a personal level as a man, it, first step is admitting you have a problem. So yeah. being able to go there and admit you have a problem and go to get help, I mean, that that's huge. So ho- hoping all the best for him. Um, Detroit's still playing very well, even at this point early in the season, 4-2-2, two and two, so... Uh, hasn't hindered the Red Wings yet. Yeah, although I, I expect uh, Mini Batuzzi to be on a move at the deadline, unless Detroit yeah, really ahead of schedule. <laughs> he he was there the other night. I mean, know who's still bringing it, even older in age, and David Perron. He was playing Perron, hard yeah. the other night. I mean, he laid a huge hit right in front of us. I think it was on Clifton or Lindholm, but, I mean, stapled them into the glass. It was like, wow. Oh, who did Clifton drop the gloves with against Detroit? Or is it Dallas? It was Dallas. It was um, uh, Colin Miller. Yeah. Colin Miller. Fucked him up. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing about uh, Cliffy. He's pretty silky. Like, you know, he's very squirmy. So he he will fight. He's not scared to. And when he does, I mean, he just starts chucking him. Yeah. And then uh, Revo's back. He was healthy scratch against Dallas. Um, but I'm curious if tonight we'll see uh, Cassian bark up that tree. You know... Zach Cassian to me, at least every time I always used to see him play, it always seemed like he would always go after the younger, the littler guy, you know, just like a bully. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he'll actually uh, <laughs> ruffle Revo's tree, to be honest. I yeah, will see. Um, now, question: do, do you think 
Toronto keeps this up, uh, how far into the season do they make a coaching change? I mean, they're at nine games right now, four, four, and one. I say this is this is always my barometer, my baseline. If they're at five hundred or worse at Thanksgiving, Sheldon Keefe is let go. So about a month. Yeah, they have another month, probably about. I don't have the exact number, but I'm assuming it's going to be about 14 to 15 games they'll okay. be playing. Like, I think that's their window where even if it's not even just their record, it's like I've seen six of their games so far. They're just not. It's like the difference between watching a Bruins game and a Rangers game this year is even when they're losing, you can see what's going on and what the thought process is. Mm-hmm. In the games I've watched with Toronto, it's almost like beehive hockey where everybody's just going for the puck. All right, now what do we do? Who's open? Okay, you're over here too. What are you doing? That, like, There's no rhyme or reason to almost anything they're doing. And the goaltending is yeah. terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was to be expected beforehand yeah. anyways. I, yeah, so I give it to Christmas. Uh, not Christmas, Thanksgiving. Black Friday is going to be a black day for some coaches i think in the league and i guess just one other question just within your division yet again still early i mean you surprised by jersey six and three start or not really i mean they have the team has been better yeah they have the talent that's always been the thing it's just question was getting it together and uh if lindy (laughs) ruff turn it around thursday night our boys. Yeah. That, that'll be your first game overseas. Yeah, that'll be my first game overseas. I will not be watching it live only because if I were to watch it live, it would be 2 a.m. puck drop. <laughs> so uh, until, well, maybe I'll do it for Bruins Rangers, but not every game. Uh, so, not everyone. Understandable. So tonight's my last stateside game against the Coyotes. I have, I've been having it on playing in the background on mute this whole time watching them play so yeah we'll see thank god lucky enough i'm not going once the playoffs are going because then that would be brutal staying up watching like six games a night seven hours ahead (laughs) to then work another eight hours after that it would be great um anything else on your end or moving into shout outs uh, uh, we can move it to shout-outs. Uh, I'm going to give a big shout-out to the, the Strat Daddy for bringing me to the game the other night. And a uh, shout-out to you, my friend, finally uh, moving on to bigger and better. Yeah, uh, give a quick shout-out to Strat Daddy, too, for taking me. Oh, wait, that's right. Um, fuck you, Mass. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but I'm going – I am, after years of yearning to come back to New York, which is still home to me, I will end up back here. Um, I'm taking my talents to the beaches of Greece. So I'm going to be there through the holidays. So basically avoiding a winter here in the Northeast by going to Athens and then making some weekend trips um, to the islands, even though it's off season, and then Thessaloniki up north, um, the second largest city. So I'll be there through the end of January, coming back here, and then kind of figuring out where to go from there. But eventually, it will be back here in New York. So 
Um, you know, gotta gotta strike my irons hot. You know, while you're able to. So nothing tying me down. So might as well. Yeah, understandable. Yet again, I I understand that. So, <laughs> um, but I will miss the ability to text shit during hockey or send each other as games going on videos on Instagram. Like, yo, look at this fucking hit because I'm going to be passed the fuck out. <laughs> well, at least it gives you something to wake up to, which is good, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm good. Um, I hope you and the, the kiddos feel better. I don't know how, if Redder's under the weather too, after, you know, her little getaway, but she is a little bit, but not as bad as the, one of the kids have, given to me so is she actually sick or it's the irish flu no no she came back she was a very good girl a little tired last week after the uh, bachelorette party but uh not uh not the irish flu. No. <laughs> all right well i can't promise you the next time we'll be recording like we usually do um just because of the time difference i feel like with your work schedule and everything else the only time we might be able to record is like afternoon on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the, the, this could be a, a sign-off that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, so we'll we'll try and figure it out. Um, but yeah, we'll take it one week at a time, see what our boys are doing, see what's going on around the league. Obviously, there's some firings. We'll hop on a horn here. Worst comes to worst, I'll just, I'll just record my Rangers Weekend Review solo and then send it to you. Send it, and I'll just plug it right in. Yeah, and then drop it right in and throw it up. I mean, the, the, I mean, if I had two dozen roses and an older bottle of wine, <laughs> if I could have really hung the moon, would it have changed your mind? All you need to do is make a call, and I'm there, buddy. I'll be there. <laughs> but, yeah. Don't worry, Kobe and I will be back soon enough. All right. Well, from the Cobster and myself and Benny, signing off for how long? Who knows? From where? Who knows? But maybe we'll have sunny beaches and Ben's new background. So th th that's all we're hoping for, big guy. Go vote. Go vote. Vote red. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. If I had to